Welcome to the Situation Report, dedicated to bringing you news and information from the front lines of the war at home to save veteran lives. The Situation Report is brought to you by the One Fight Foundation, committed to ending the veteran suicide epidemic in America that claims 22 lives each day. We know veterans because we are veterans. And now, the Situation Report with your host, Adam Bonatai. And this is Adam Bonatai back again with you from the Situation Report brought to you by the One Fight Foundation. Here again with Dr. Kelly Nabel from the Allentown VA Clinic. Thanks a lot for coming back again, Dr. Nabel. We really appreciate having you on. No Um, problem. We talked last week about uh, your role with the VA, what brought you to VA, brought you to the VA, excuse me. uh, and, And you had mentioned the personal tie and your desire to help veterans because of your father. You mentioned some of the services that you yourself provided. This week, uh, I want to start out by talking what the the broader scope of uh, services provided by the Allentown Clinic are. You had mentioned the, a multidisciplinary approach. Uh, can you tell us more about that? What else can veterans seek at Allentown's clinic besides services from yourself and, and psychology or mental health in general? Well, through behavioral services, I want to break that down a little bit more, too, okay. because um, outside of psychology, we also have social work, nursing, and um, the social work program also works with primary care. It's called Primary Care Mental Health Integration. Our social work program also works really hard to address homelessness and housing issues, community outreach, uh, substance abuse, geriatric needs, psychiatrists help specialize in medication management for a variety of different psychiatric conditions. Psychology also specializes in evidence-based treatments for other conditions such as PTSD, depression, other anxiety disorders. The social work, nursing, and psychology programs all co-lead groups to address a variety of conditions. So not only the groups that I lead, we have Korean and Vietnam groups We have combat trauma that incorporates different generations. We have the substance abuse and depression groups, advanced directives, which kind of addresses later life issues. Mm -hmm. We have a chronic pain group. We have anger management. And we also have health psychology groups that look at tobacco association for people that want to stop using tobacco in various forms, as well as weight management groups, too. So we have a lot just within behavioral services. I wanted to talk a little bit more of that about that. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, But we also throughout the Allentown Clinic, we have primary care, and we also have women's health-specific services. So we're looking at gynecology and that kind of thing to to specific target providing women's health care needs. We also have a neurologist here part-time, which is really helpful. Optometry, we have dental care, audiology, we have lab services, uh, nutritional services, as I mentioned before, and then, like I said, our behavioral services. Well, that's a heck of a lot going on there. Uh, The women's health focus is interesting. Uh, Is that something that's new at the Allentown Clinic, or was that always there? Obviously, I wouldn't know, but... They're definitely expanding and trying to outreach more to reach our female veterans. We don't have a large population here as as it stands, so we're trying to really outreach and create more uh, services here for women. Oh, that's outstanding, because I, I, I fear that uh, women, female veterans in general, kind of get overlooked in the veteran population. I understand they're the minority uh, of members. However, they have a lot of unique needs and at the same time have a lot of the same needs as their male counterparts. Um, I mean, I've met a number of women who've had uh, some post-traumatic stress issues from their deployments overseas, and I think that gets forgotten. I'm sure you've encountered a bunch of them. Um, And I saw a a really great picture the other day uh, of 
I want to say about a dozen female veterans, each who had a below the knee, or actually I should say a lower extremity amputation, either uh, single or bilateral. And I thought that was really powerful just because we all forget that women have sustained both the visible and invisible injuries from their time over in in Afghanistan and Iraq and abroad. Um, And and it's good that they're not being overlooked and that Allentown is helping focus on them uh, in specific ways. So, Oh, absolutely. We serve them in in both clinics. Outstanding. Um, Moving on, I want to ask about some barriers to care for veterans. And... At the One Fight Foundation, we found that veterans are a stubborn bunch, and I could admit to being one of those stubborn individuals. Uh, They don't want to admit they need help. They don't want to come get help. Um, Why is that? Why why do we have – we have, what, uh, 50,000 or so veterans in the Lehigh Valley area, uh, and only about 10,000 are accessing care at the Allentown Clinic. And we have this beautiful clinic when you compare it to others across the country. Why aren't we getting more folks out to see you guys at, at Allentown? Well, I think that that can be a complicated issue. I think that, you know, part of the issue could be, and it depends on what exactly the need is, you know, so is it primary care? Is it mental health? So obviously I can speak to mental health. And then if you're talking about mental health, are you talking about post-traumatic stress disorder? And if you're talking about post-traumatic stress disorder, one of the main symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder is avoidance, both uh, behavioral avoidance and emotional avoidance. Uh, Behavioral avoidance is people, places, and things that remind you of a traumatic event. So that could be, um, for example, an IED explosion. Uh, That could be a military sexual trauma. Um, emotional avoidance, excuse me, is thoughts and feelings connected to trauma. So people want to actively avoid pushing thoughts and feelings away. So it's not maybe as appealing to come in to someone who might be perceived as pushing you to think about or deal with those issues. That makes sense. Now, that part makes sense. N- yeah. Now, the flip side of that is I think if people out there are experiencing that, they will probably also realize that that doesn't necessarily work. Right. So if you ask someone to think about a pink elephant or not to rather <laughs> not to think about a pink elephant, what are you going to do? Most yeah, people think, think of pink, pink elephants. elephants. So those efforts work in the short term, but it usually perpetuates the problem in the long term. But then what about the uh, number of veterans who, when we go to these clinics, uh, we see they, they love the clinic. They love the VA. They're on a first name basis with everyone. I swear they're there just for the coffee sometimes. Uh, <laughs> what, what about it? What is the appeal to those guys? How can we get, we have, it seems two extremes, I guess, is what I'm saying. Those that absolutely love it and want to spend every waking moment there and those that maybe perhaps uh, for the reasons you described, they're trying to avoid it or they don't want to come there for some reason. How can we get some more people in the middle? Do you, do you have any just personal opinions or personal thoughts on, on how to do that? I don't know because I don't want to put a blanket on any of the, any individual group of people. So I don't know the people that you're referring to, the people that absolutely love it and come for coffee. So I don't really know who you're talking about, and I don't want to put a label on anybody. But okay. what I can say is people that have come over the years, I could only hypothesize that those people have – you know, have been coming for a number of years and have built relationships with our providers. And it did not, I wouldn't think that that just happened overnight. And I think that it it most likely had encountered, you know, many encounters with people who have cared and have advocated for them or maybe helped them, you know, in a way that, you know, highlighted to them, okay, they're here to help me. um, Or may, you know, kind of, 
showed the mirror and said, okay, I have to stop avoiding, just in some way has made that connection to them and said, okay, well, you know, they're here to help or, you know, I, I need to be coming here basically. Then, then what can we do as, a, as an independent organization from, you know, private sector hospitals and from the VA itself? How, uh, what advice do you have to us at the One Fight Foundation on how to get veterans seeking care, whether it's behavioral uh, health, whether it's physical health, um, and whether they come to the VA or to the private sector? It's just how can we get folks out there getting help for the things they need, with, or need help with? Uh, do you have any advice on that for us? I mean – because I'm kind of, I'm all, I'm all ears, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't think I have any magical pearls. I would just think that, you know, I think your organization is wonderful in what you're doing in terms of outreaching. I think that education is, is number one and just letting them know. You know, I have met veteran after veteran that's like, I didn't know I was eligible for this service. And that could mm. even be primary care. So even just saying, hey, the VA is here and you're eligible for this service go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, I think that right, that, right. that alone can be really helpful for people. And I, I mean, I, like I said, I don't have anything magical to say other than, or poignant to say other than to say, just continue to do what you're doing in terms of continuing to provide outreach, continuing to provide a safe place for veterans to share their honest thoughts and feelings, both with the professionals and just each other. I think that just in talking with you, Adam, just giving them a place that they can just, you know, have that connection where one thing that people tend to do is maybe withdraw into their selves. And that's, that's what, that's what will breed depression. And that's what leads to kind of suicidal thinking, feeling like you're alone, feeling like you're hopeless, but you know, you have begun to create an environment for people where there's that judgment free environment. They can connect that human interaction, you know, emphasizing people that they understand they care and that they're not alone. Um, you know, if the veterans survive combat, that maybe they can survive this too. And if they can remain brave and take that first step and to come in to talk to someone, that there is help available. That's some powerful, powerful advice there. Uh, Thank you very, very much. Um, And that actually is a great segue. Um, I want to bring you back one more time and talk about suicide-specific topics as to what your thoughts are, why, what some risk factors are, what we can do, what the general public can be on the lookout for and doing. But before we do that, um, you mentioned just pointing veterans to the clinic and letting them know that services are available. Uh, who would we, because we get a lot of folks coming to us and they ask us for things that are just outside our scope of abilities, things we don't focus on, things we're not capable of handling. Who could we put them in touch with? Who would they go to? And not necessarily a person or maybe just a position at the VA. Who would they go to to find out what they are eligible for if they've never before been to a VA? I think that depending on where the veteran lives, they could just go into their local Veterans Affairs office. There's usually an eligibility clerk as the first point of contact. Yeah, that's what I meant. Okay, eligibility clerk then. Yeah, there's either the eligibility clerk and also uh, I know Allentown, I neglected to mention this earlier, we have peer support specialists through the social work department and they are uh, veterans. Hence peer, yeah. and then, <laughs> hence peer, and then they can also help connect with you know different services, or they can connect them to the proper professional to help. Okay, yeah, perfect. So uh, that's another thing we'll put in our notes for this episode. Then is uh, anybody interested? We'll, we'll put that link back up to the Allentown Clinic, and we'll remind you to, to to talk to or refer folks to that eligibility clerk or that peer support specialist that Dr. Nabel was talking about. So we're going to wrap it up now. Uh, we're going to bring Dr. Nabel back one more time to talk about 
veteran suicide um, and get her thoughts on that and her experiences on, on fighting that fight. Uh, until then, numeral one fight, one team on Twitter. Uh, follow us on Facebook at the One Fight Foundation and on the web, onefightfoundation.org. Have a great weekend, everyone. You've been listening to The Situation Report with Adam Bonatai. Visit onefightfoundation.org or follow the One Fight Foundation on Facebook to learn more about how you can join the fight. Help put an end to veteran suicide. One life and one fight at a time. Onefightfoundation.org. This has been a Steve Mittman social media creation. Creation. Steve Mittman social media.com. 